Welcome to the Encouraging Word Podcast. We seek to encourage, challenge, and pour into those who seek to listen. It is our hope that God would use this podcast as a mouthpiece to reach those who desperately need Him, and the salvation He offers as a free gift by the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus Christ. If you are like me, your junior high years were spent delicately dancing around the subject of sex before marriage, playing the how far is too far game and, and listening to admonishments to simply wait. It has been my experience that there is a fear in the church that if we acknowledge the allure and draw of sex, that we will embolden the youth of the church in a reckless pursuit of this forbidden fruit. Found throughout the Bible, I think this metaphor of sex as a fruit is a beautiful one, and so I will run with it for a moment. The first time that I saw an orange, I knew that it would be delicious, with its vibrant color and sweet smell. Had I come upon it in the wild, I would have certainly eaten it, rind and all. And from then on, I would have eaten anything that looked remotely similar to the orange I had tasted. Unripe and an immature green, sour, riddled with worms, even an orange-colored rock if the texture seemed close enough. Before we go on, I want to make it abundantly clear that in our metaphorical field of fruit trees, every tree is capable of producing good fruit. I will vehemently oppose any arguments that an orange is somehow better than a grapefruit, lime, or lemon. Each and every one of these are created by God. What I'm here to encourage is that we embrace a serious discussion about how to grow, cultivate, tend to, and harvest the fruits of the whole orchard. With this in mind, how do we go about encouraging the good growth of the young people in the church? I think the paramount discussion we need to have with young people is discussing why the tree produces fruit in the first place. Does the tree produce fruit because I come upon it in the woods and ask very nicely? No. Does the tree produce fruit in the early spring because it is a joyful and happy time? Again, no. The tree produces fruit because God specifically designed the tree to do so, and for no other reason. Yes, of course, we are delighted to eat the fruit of the tree, and there is a symbiotic relationship there between the harvester and the tree, but the harvester cannot will the tree to do anything beyond that which the tree was designed to do. If this is the case, we as the church need to do a better job of explaining the joy of a fruitful harvest to our young people. Just as there are harvest festivals celebrating the completion of a growing season, weddings are a celebration of the completion of a season of singleness and the beginning of a season of togetherness. In Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8, we are told that for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under the sun, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. God has designed our lives to have seasons so that as we grow and mature, we explore more and more of his creation. We need only wait on him to lead us in these seasons, as in Lamentations 3.25, where he reminds us that the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. And now to those of us who are waiting patiently or not so patiently for his direction. As much as the church needs to support us in our walk, we must do that much more to support each other. 
we are the ones walking amongst the orchard, admiring the trees and wishing to taste of their fruit. In the Song of Solomon, one lover describes another as an apple tree among the trees of the forest, so is my beloved among the young men. With great delight I sat in his shadow, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. I love this imagery, but it makes me ask myself difficult questions. How many times have I offered shade to people that were not mine to shade? How often have I let my branches low so that they are easy to climb, bringing someone ever closer to my upper branches where the choice fruit is hidden? How often have I said, you may eat of this branch or that one, but I'm saving that choice fruit for someone special? All the while understanding that there is no real difference between the fruit, especially in the eyes of the one who designed the fruit tree in the first place. It is my obligation to protect those who walk through the orchard, as much as it is their responsibility to not eat the fruit out of season. Please do not think that I am trying to make this sound easy, by any stretch of the imagination. I am intimately familiar with the hunger for fruit that seems to dominate and completely consume the consciousness, as if you haven't eaten for days. But this hunger is just one of the many examples of suffering that we are called to in our walk with Christ. In Romans 5, 3-8, not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So what of us that have let others taste of our fruits? Are we forever shamed and tainted among the trees of the orchard? I don't believe that to be true at all. God seeks our earnest and immediate repentance. If we give ourselves to him, he will renew and reinvigorate us. I think it is important to acknowledge that while we are made for the fruit tree and it is made to nourish us, there are many trees and people that go years and years without anyone in their proverbial shadow or tasting of their proverbial fruit. It may very well be that you or I were not meant for this, but that we were meant for another purpose. In fact, the highest calling of any creation is to celebrate our God. Not only do the rocks cry out in Luke, but all the trees of the field clap their hands in Isaiah. One of the verses that has been a constant for me in this journey is Matthew 6, 33 and 34. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come before you today with open hearts and minds, seeking you desperately above everything else. Please, Lord, help us to understand that these seasons in our lives are meant for our good and your glory. Please, Lord, help us to be joyfully content in the season we find ourselves in, not anxiously awaiting what is next. God, we want to be utterly consumed by our pursuit of you. Give us wisdom and strength to support our brothers and sisters in Christ and those that we meet and lay on our hearts the importance of protecting their purity as much as preserving our own. Thank you, Lord, for your abounding grace and forgiveness, that while we were still sinners, you saved us. Help us, Lord, to understand the difference between living for this forgiveness and living in it. We want to arrive at the knowledge of truth and not be continually learning the foundations of the Christian life. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen.